All right. Well, let's uh, go now and lift these requests uh, to him, and um, let's pray. Father, as we just bow our heads and our hearts to you, uh, we come with great uh, thanksgiving, Lord, because you're a God who uh, has told us to cast our cares upon you, for, for you really do care for us. So, Lord, we do. We just cast all of our cares upon you, uh, knowing that you do care for us. And, uh, Lord, uh, we ask uh, sometimes amiss, uh, sometimes we ask uh, in the, for the wrong motives, uh, Lord, and so we know and we want your will to be done. Uh, whatever is for our good, You've promised us that all things are working together for our good. And help us to believe that. Even in the midst of trials and tribulations and, and uh, uh, sorrow and death and all of these things that are part of life. May we see you in the midst of all of it. Uh, and just give us grace to do that and to fall back into the arms of our wonderful Savior. And Father... Uh, but we do lift these needs to you, and we give praise to you for the answers to prayers that we have seen. And uh, Lord, I continue to lift Wanda to you and uh, her need, and and for the family as they decide whether to travel or not. Uh, Lord, for for Sue and and uh, McCormick, that you would uh, continue to strengthen her and and. Uh, Lord, I know she wanted to come this morning, but she said because of the cold, uh, she didn't really feel uh, that she was able. And uh, But Lord, just uh, comfort her, meet her uh, needs at this time. And uh, Lord, I pray for, for Troy and this new job that he has, and we thank you for that. And Lord, just uh, pray that you would uh, give him the wisdom, the strength, and the know-how to do uh, this job that he has. Also, for uh, Lakita Phillips, I would pray, God, that uh, you would strengthen her, and, uh, Lord, that she would know the joy and the peace uh, from Christ as she uh, uh, faces uh, all the things that she will face with the loss of uh, Lewis and and uh, we thank you for uh, Greg's safe return and a good time there. And Lord, I pray for, for Baylor and Katie. Uh, work a miracle. Lord, you're a miracle-working God. I pray for Carl and Sue as they uh, are going through this, that you would lift them up. And may they fix their eyes on Jesus through this time. And uh, Lord, I just... Uh, I pray for uh, Jennifer as well as, as uh, she has been lifted up this morning. And Lord, for uh, the material uh, building that we have here and, and for the roof and for the bids that need to come in and all of that before the congregational meeting, I pray that you would just work out all the details. And, uh, and so, Father, we... Uh, we just lift all of these things to you in, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Help us uh, in, in that we might uh, believe 
uh, not doubting, uh, but have strong faith. And uh, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> you know, when I'm going over to, uh, to Africa, it's really interesting that uh, what I'm going to be teaching is right down my alley and near and dear to my heart, which is the doctrine uh, of the scripture and how God is, is working and from the beginning to the end uh, uh, through his uh, chosen ones and, and just how uh, his word is truth and I'm going to be teaching concerning uh, uh, the Trinity and, and all of that is just really right down. I mean, it's kind of like, wow, God has just opened the door here. And, uh, and so I give him the, the praise and the glory. I just uh, covet your prayers, by the way, on, on just preparing. I'm about halfway through the syllabus, and uh, I'm probably over-preparing. <laughs> but uh, I'd rather do that than be wanting. But it's not, gonna, it's not that I don't have enough time. I've got very little time with all that needs to be said. I mean, you could just, on, there are 22 lessons, and I could spend... 24 hours on one lesson, you know, it's just a lot of material, and so pray that, that God would just help me as I uh, discern what to say. This morning, though, we want to look into God's Word uh, here, uh, in uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, although this morning I will be speaking the importance of loyalty to the Word of God. And then two weeks from now, Lord willing, I'll be speaking on uh, loyalty of friends, true and false friends. And I was going to put all that together, but uh, there was just not uh, enough time. Uh, we Just for a, a quick review, Second Timothy, of course, was written in, in the days of persecution. Paul's in a dungeon. Uh, and he's writing to Timothy, who is a, probably in his 30s, a very timid, shy, uh, weak individual, uh, and I can relate to that, and he's in charge at Ephesus, and uh, I can't imagine getting a letter from the Apostle Paul, but that must have been quite encouraging to young Timothy, uh, who was writing to him. We saw last time we met together, Paul gives Timothy his testimony of what God did for him and how he saved him. Uh, look at verse 9 of Second Timothy. Uh, he says, uh, who has saved us? This is, of course, speaking of the gospel. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us, in Christ Jesus from all eternity. And we saw that uh, salvation last week is all of grace. We cannot uh, brag. We cannot uh, take any credit. Uh, God gets all the glory. And uh, we also saw uh, Paul says uh, in verse 12, he says, For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. And he says, I know whom I have believed 
and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Um, And he says, I know whom uh, Jesus will guard uh, what has been entrusted to him. What does that mean? If you remember, we talked about that's everything. We can entrust everything to him. Our souls, our hearts, our minds, our motives, our service, and uh, even the convert Timothy, he was entrusting to God. And I hope we're doing that in our daily lives. I hope you're just, uh, Lord, take this. It's too big for me to handle. And really give it to him. And then be filled with the peace that he is going to do it. Because a lot of times... Remember, we give God something, and then we take it back, you know, which isn't really giving it to him at all, uh, because we worry, we fret, uh, and uh, we need to learn from that. I want to read verses 13 and 14 this morning, uh, because we're living in a day when loyalty to the church and loyalty to the Word of God is fading. And uh, so let's read verses 13 and 14. Retained the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Just two verses we're going to look at this morning, but there's a lot here for us to, to glean from. And so, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, which is looking ahead, and we find that uh, Paul is in prison. He's not worried about himself, but he's worried about uh, the message of Christianity. So, he says in verse 3 and 4, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, we just read that in, in early on in the epistle, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance uh, to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. And that's the danger uh, that we face in life and uh, we uh, find Paul not so concerned about his life because he, I, I really believe he felt like he was, was going to die. But he's worried about the truth. He's worried about uh, preaching the truth. Uh, sound doctrine. Uh, that's amazing, isn't it? That he puts that emphasis when he's about to die. That's how important it is in, in the life of the church, in your life. Uh, as well, and uh, we live in a in a day when it doesn't matter what you believe as a Christian. Uh, there are a lot of churches uh, that are not preaching the gospel at all. Uh, they have abandoned the gospel. You know, today, uh, what is it that uh, is more important than the gospel? Uh, than in what you believe. Well, a lot of churches you go to, it's really how you feel about something. 
your feelings and emotions are more important than what God uh, says. They'll even say something like, well, that doctrine makes me mad. That doctrine makes me angry. Well, that's feelings. That's not taking God's word for what it says. Uh, It's how you feel about something rather than what God's word actually says. And we have to fight that. Uh, So uh, doctrine is... uh, so important because the doctrine is truth. You can feel all kinds of things and not be true. Just because you feel and Remember, you're a fallen creature. And so we struggle against that flesh that we want to be in charge. And we don't like, God, you're in charge. You're sovereign. You're, you're watching over me. No, we like to be in control. And so... Feelings is something that we all struggled with, and yet it's part as well. And uh, also, what's more important is what people think about us. Think about that. What what people think about us uh, is 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 more important. Also, the programs that a particular church may have. Well, they got all of this stuff from my my children and. They've got a gymnasium where I can go and exercise. And it becomes all about the programs. Uh, they've got this great educational uh, program or whatever. Even though they may be teaching false doctrine, that's important to a lot of people. A lot of people, it's the size of the church, how big it is. For one thing, they can go there and, and hide. They don't have to be a part. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, also, prevailing opinions is something that, that is fought uh, in, in churches. Opin- it's my opinion. Well, really, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. It's what does the Word of God teach. And, uh, for instance, you have uh, uh, this, and it's, and it's beginning to grow and grow. Uh, I see it on TV a lot, uh, and that is, the role of women in the church. And I'm just taking, I'm not picking on you ladies because uh, we certainly as men have our problems. But we, <clears throat> we find very clearly taught here a woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority. Did you know teaching is showing authority? That's what it is. You're in authoritative position teaching. And he says, over a man, but to remain quiet. Now, I believe women can teach women, the younger women, to learn from the, from the uh, older women and so forth, but uh, not to get up here in this position that I'm in uh, and preach. It's against God's word. Now, well, I don't like that. That makes me angry. It makes me feel, well, here we go again. Well, it's my opinion. You, you don't understand. Paul had it against women. We live in a different culture. We are growing. And in other words, is this truth for all times from beginning to the end? Or was it just in his day? So that's what you had. No, it's forever. Amen. While we're still 
For it was Adam who was first created. Well, I don't like that. Tough. You know, I mean, that's what the word of God. And then Eve. It was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. There's your reason why men are in authority. Well, women can really get bent out of shape over that. And we're seeing that more and more in this country now. Uh, don't misunderstand me. I've heard a lot of women preach, and they're better than me. But that doesn't make it right, you see. Uh, It's obeying God's word. And so the Bible is authoritative. And uh, teaching is showing authority. And men have that that position. Uh, So there is truth. There is right and wrong. Uh, You know, a lot of times in Sunday school classes, uh, in some churches, not in this church, uh, uh, people will say, well, I think this about that passage. And somebody else will say, well, I think uh, another thing about that passage. And uh, somebody else will say, well, really, it's okay. It doesn't really matter what this passage is saying. Uh, whatever you get out of it, you see, that's just garbage. No, the word of God is very clear. Uh, you know, it's amazing how people get together and share their ignorance of the word of God. And, uh, but they're such good thoughts. Not if they're against the word of God, they're not good thoughts. It does matter what a verse means. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. Well, I think that's what that verse means. And it's okay if it works for you. For Let's look at some things, for instance, just to, to make an example. Somebody says, well, I think I, I am saved by keeping the law. And if that works for you, that's fine. That's, that's heresy. Because the Bible's very clear. You cannot get to heaven by keeping the law. So you've got to make, you've got to, uh, make these decisions. Ours, the truth is, uh, you can be saved by faith alone in Christ alone through the shed blood of Christ alone. That's truth. The other is heresy. It's falsehood. And it's... Uh, both, in other words, both can't be true. Both can't be true. There are absolutes in God's word. In other words, the Bible says, for instance, well, in six days, literal days, God created out of nothing the heavens and the earth and all the creatures. Well, somebody else comes along and says, well, it's my opinion. I really don't care what your opinion is. Well, it was six billion years uh, that God used evolution uh, to create man out of slime and time. and No, you see. That's, that's heresy. Why? Because it goes against this book. It's a lie. Because if, if it's not true from cover to cover, and I'm about to lose mine, <laughs> and I didn't plan that, by the way. So it is important. It is important what we believe. 
two opposites cannot be true. There is absolute truth. What is absolute truth? What is absolute truth? I looked that up in the dictionary just for for fun, and it says, not to be doubted or questioned. Certain, final, perfect, real absolute truth is final. It's certain. It's what God says in in his word. You see, biological evolution is true or God created everything out of nothing speaking it. Both cannot be true. And that's one thing my dad was so earnest about. Uh, Either matter is eternal or God is eternal. Both cannot be true. See, there is truth and then there's error. And that's what Paul is, is pounding home here. And so... What does the Word of God say? You know, it's sad when you hear uh, families, and, and I've known several, and, and, and uh, they have left the church that teaches and preaches the Word of God uh, over music because the church may start picking up contemporary music. And then they'll go to a church where they only sing hymns. And yet the church doesn't even believe the Bible It doesn't preach the word of God. Now, does that make sense? Absolutely not. And yet, there are some people that throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that's, by the way, something they said, don't use colloquialism in in Africa because they won't know what you're saying. (laughs) And uh, so, just again, pray for me. Uh, You know, we've got to hold on to our convictions because they're true. How are you going to stand for anything if you don't know what is absolute truth? You're not going to stand. You're not going to have a conviction. If you're double-minded, as we talked about in Sunday, if you're double-minded and you're not sure, then you're going to be like the waves. You're just going to be tossed here, there, and yonder. And you're not going to take a stand when the the going gets rough. Uh, So, first of all, Paul calls Timothy to what? Hold on. Which means keep, retain, hold on to. We also see this in Titus 1.9 says, holding fast the faithful word. Wow. Holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able to both to exhort in sound doctrine, here we see it again, and to refute those who contradict. And that's what we need to be about. You need to know God's word so you can refute those who don't hold to the truth. And he says, so we'd ask the question, hold on to what? He says, the pattern of sound words, the standard of sound teaching. You know, an architect has a plan, okay? And if you don't go by that plan as a builder, you're going to have a problem. In other words, if it says in there, make the doors six foot eight, and you make them five foot four, 
you've got a real problem. Do you not? God has given us his word. It's a perfect blueprint. And when you, like when you color as a child, what do you do? You try to stay in the lines, right? Because then you have a pretty picture. But what happens when you get outside the lines? Now we may tell our child, oh, what a pretty picture. And yet it's awful. But, but, but to them it's beautiful. But God says, stay in the lines. And you'll end up with a beautiful picture. And architects the same way. I mean, how would you like to go into a gigantic skyscraper where they didn't follow the plans? Very unsafe. And that's what people are doing with their lives when it comes to the Word of God. They're not staying within the lines. Uh, And I think when you stray from, from the teachings of Christ, you're corrupting the Word of God, whether you add or subtract from it. Sound words, sound words uh, means healthy words, health-giving words. They will build you up and make you well is the idea. In other words, you're obedient, to it's going to make you healthy. You disobey and you reap the consequences of disobedience. Very clear, sound words. True or false, I've kind of given you the answer. It doesn't matter what you believe just as long as you're sincere or serious in what you believe. False. Very false, isn't it? Uh, Does it matter what you drink? Take a pure glass of spring water and you pour just a little bit of poison in it. What is that whole bottle of water? Poison. So you can have, in teaching, you can have some of the truth, but if you add just a little bit of poison, you've corrupted the whole thing. And that's what's happening in the, in the church today. It's widespread from, from just about every topic you can, you can look at. That's what's happening. Uh, so it does matter what you believe. Uh, both will kill you. You corrupt the word of God, you'll die in your sins. You corrupt a glass of pure, clean water, and it'll kill you just as dead. And that's what Paul is saying here. That's how important it is, even on his deathbed, he's saying this. What might tempt us to depart from a firm standard? Social pressure is one. You'll be called old-fashioned. Uh... Uh, you need to, uh, you know, we're in modern times. You need to change your thinking. You're in the minority, by the way. You can be in the minority and be right. Martin Luther was when he said, Here I stand, I can do no other, when it concerned justification by faith alone, because the gospel had been corrupted. And by the way, I'm not picking on any church. It can happen anywhere to anyone, and it's happening today in, in the churches. The gospel is not being preached, and people are going here, there, and everywhere and having their ears tickled. Uh, now, what doctrines do we really need to hold on to? What doctrines do we really need to hold on to? 
Well, there are a number. I just thought I would give a few. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. There is a sound doctrine, which is salvation by faith alone. If you say, well, you've got to be saved by faith, but then you've got to be circumcised as the Judaizers were teaching the Galatians. We went through that book. That's heresy. Well, you've got to be water baptized uh, or you can't be saved. No, that's a lie. By grace, you've been saved through what? Faith. It's all by faith, by trusting, by believing. That's one. Uh, Also, sovereignty is another one that's extremely important. Daniel 4, this is Nebuchadnezzar who had been converted, and I've given this before. But he says in uh, 435... Uh, uh, verses 34 and 35. But at the end of the period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the Most High and praised him and honored him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion is, and his kingdom endures from generation uh, to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? See, that's God's, God's in control. And that's a comfort, isn't it? See, that's sound doctrine. Well, you don't understand. Uh, you know, well, man, he's like, no. God's in control. And, uh, and yet, uh, that's being taken out of the church today in so many ways. Also, Jesus is God. Another verse I've given you quite a bit, but looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God. And that verse uh, in the Greek says, God and Savior refer to, to Jesus Christ. Grammatically, that verse teaches that. And so that's sound doctrine. It's not, well, you know, maybe he's God or maybe he isn't God. It really doesn't matter. Jesus says, unless you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. I'd say that's kind of important. The Bible is God's word. doesn't contain God's word. It is God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16, which we'll get to, all scripture is given by inspiration. All scripture is by inspiration of God and is profitable. Also, we have t- uh, total depravity. Oh, There is none who understands. There is none who sees God. Uh, there is none righteous. No, not one in 3.10. That's the sound doctrine. See? Either man seeks God or he doesn't. The Bible says he doesn't. Without the uh, regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, he will never seek God. See, that's sound doctrine. And yet, if you mix up man and all of that, you become perverted. And it's happened slowly, but it's happened, and it's sad. What about a literal hell? Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and so forth and all liars, that's all of us, have their part 
their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. That sounds like a real place. Amen. There is a real hell. And uh, people need to understand that. And yet what's being taught today in a lot of churches is, uh, well, it's annihilation. You go there and you're punished for just a little time and then it's over. And then it will be like it was before you were born. You're just annihilated. The Bible doesn't teach that, you see. Uh, well, I feel like it's my opinion. I don't care. You know, I'll listen to it. But if, it, if you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And, and so, uh, sound doctrine. So important. So important. And then in verse 13... <clears throat> It says, how do you hold on to all of this? He says, in faith and in love. In faith, that is, you do it in faith. Real heart belief, where it's a very part of your being, you're trusting God. Uh, It's in faith. Also, it's in love. You do it in love. That is, you speak the truth in love. And and, uh, uh, you don't get mad at people. You don't Try to win the argument because if you win the argument and lose the person, you haven't done uh, your job. So he says you do this in faith and love. Uh, That's how important it is. You don't want to lose the person. Ephesians. Gosh, give up. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. This is another one which we'll skip, which is the Lordship of Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10. But he say, in Ephesians 4, 15, he says, but speaking the truth in what? Love. So we're not just to beat people over the head with it, but speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. And we're to guard the truth, he says in verse 14. Guard the truth uh, so it is not lost or changed uh, because God's word does not change. Be very careful that you don't change God's word to have it say something that it does not say. And that's why when I preach, it's, 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 it's almost with fearing trembling because... I need to make sure to the best of my knowledge that I have studied and I am preaching sound doctrine. What really is God's word. And if I came in here and started preaching that you're saved by faith plus keeping the law, get rid of me. Because that's heresy. And this is what he's saying. But we do it in love. And uh, sometimes when you're arguing with Uh, Jehovah's Witness concerning the deity of Christ and they say no you don't understand he was just a prophet he was uh, this that and you say no he is God now I have gotten very angry I have to confess when I've talked to them because you can show them clearly what the word of God says and they don't see it and it makes you angry because you would love to see them converted and so you can really uh, do things not in love Uh, and we need to guard the truth. 
And so we find that in, in Paul's day, heretics were trying to change this gospel. Uh, and he says, guard, uh, what are they to guard? He says, the deposit, that is the message of the truth. Uh, treasure it, he says, and don't give in. How do you guard it? By the, by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, which lives in us. And the Holy Spirit is, is powerful. We're kept by the power of God, the Bible says, under salvation. And uh, these false teachers uh, are allowed in, and what happens? They corrupt, they corrupt, they corrupt. And that's why God wants his church to be pure. And if you have somebody coming in who believes a heresy, you're not supposed to have them become a member. Now, they're welcome to come, but you don't make them an elder or a deacon or even a member of that church if they're holding to heresy. Why? Because all they're going to do is corrupt. A little leaven will leaven the whole lump. What happened to, to the colleges like Dartmouth? They were founded to teach. It was founded to teach and preach the gospel. And yet I dare say... You couldn't find that in that college today anywhere. Harvard, Harvard was, was founded to lead Indians and uh, in, in, uh, teach in, so you could uh, win Indians to, uh, to Christ. And I guarantee you, it, it, the heresy just crept in to where today you probably wouldn't even find anyone. Now, there might be a few that would uh, profess uh, the gospel. And that's sad. And, and yet, that's what's happened in this country. And it's creeping now into the churches. And Paul is telling Timothy, uh, this is very, very important uh, in the life of the church. The life of the church. How did they get this way? They, people did not guard the truth and hold fast to the truth. These false teachers came in. And by the way, a false teacher can appear to be very nice. Jehovah's Witness are very nice people if you meet them. And uh, uh, so we have to guard against the wolves. And so in closing, let me say, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's uh, in Matthew uh, Acts 20, 28 through 31, be on, your, be on guard for yourselves and for the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Would you say this is important? Amen. Let us pray that God would give us the grace, in grace Bible, to, to stand for truth. And not to compromise uh, in order to make the church bigger or to, to do whatever purpose it might be. No, 
pray that God would keep this church in in sound doctrine, that it would teach sound doctrine, uh, and that we would have convictions uh, concerning the truth. Uh, Let's pray. Father, uh, this morning uh, we thank you for your word, that it is sound doctrine. Uh, Lord, we pray uh, for each one of us that we might uh, be trusting in the one true living God who uh, has given us his word. Uh, Lord, as I go over to, to Africa, Lord, may you give me grace to teach and to preach sound doctrine. Uh, Lord, uh, those people there are very hungry for your word, and yet, even already, there are those that have come in teaching false doctrine. And, uh, but Lord, we pray uh, that you would uh, bring a revival in this country. Uh, Lord, if there's anyone here who has uh, had false doctrine creep into their lives, that, uh, Lord, you would uh, teach them from your word, what is the truth? Because, Lord, we know that uh, none of us, we confess that all of us, uh, uh, probably in some areas, may be off. But, Lord, we know that your word is truth. And, Lord, that you have promised that you will lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit into all truth. And so, Father, uh, help us to have ears to hear your truth, And Lord, I pray that we'll not only hear it, but that we would receive it and it would change our lives. Give us grace, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.